At the end of September, the State Museum in Albany opened a Revolutionary War exhibit that highlights the Fidelity Medallion, the oldest military decoration in the country. The special presentation also highlights the betrayal of the fledgling nation by Benedict Arnold. To discuss the exhibit and the State Museum more broadly, we're joined in the Capitol Press Room by Mark Shamming, the State Museum Director. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Good morning. Thank you, David. And also joining us is Dr. Jennifer Lamack, the State Museum's Chief Curator of History. Thanks for joining us, Jennifer. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Jennifer, let's start with the history lesson for listeners and myself. What prompted us to actually get the Fidelity Medallion? What are the events in history that led to this first ever military declaration from our country? Yes. So the Fidelity Medallion goes back to the Revolutionary War. And in 1780, Benedict Arnold was in charge of the fortifications there. West Point was very important because the British at that point had control of New York City and they wanted to come up north to um, Albany and they would have to pass West Point to do that. Mm -hmm. Benedict Arnold, who was the hero at Saratoga, was wounded, but he wanted to continue to fight. And George Washington put him in charge of the fort at West Point. And for whatever reason, his wife was a loyalist and he decided to start working with the British and decided to give fortifications and information about West Point to Major John Andre, who was the head of the British intelligence. So Arnold came up from New York City in the fall of 1780, and Benedict Arnold and Andre met in Havistraw. And at that point, Arnold gave Andre information on the fortifications, how many troops were there, and passes to get back to British lines. Basically a roadmap to taking the fort and eventually moving northward. Correct. So Andre had come up on a boat, and and it was parked in the Hudson River. The boat took fire and started to um, kind of skedaddle back south, which left Andre no way to get back. Okay. So Andre went by foot through Westchester And when he got to Terrytown, he came across three militiamen, John Paulding, Isaac Van Voort, and David Williams. And do they know at this time that he has these plans, or is this just, hey, it's John Andre, look at the guy go, he's on foot. Exactly, they have no idea. And there is a, they have a conversation, and the three militiamen ask him something, and he responds with kind of a very British term. Like, they said, what party are you with? And he said, the low party. And that kind of gave them pause. Did he call soccer football too? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So they investigated and they found these papers that were hidden in Andre's boot. The papers, which are now in the State Archives collection, kind of gave all the information about the fortifications at West Point. So after Andre was caught, information went to George Washington and Benedict Arnold at this point, because at this point nobody realized what Benedict Arnold had done. And the information crossed paths. So George Washington went to West Point and Benedict Arnold hightailed it down to New York City and and behind British lines so he could be safe. And then when kind of everything was discovered, Andre was taken into custody by the colonists and uh, Benedict Arnold kind of stayed behind British lines for the rest of the the war. 
And so the American government, or what it is at that time, then what, created a medallion to recognize the three men who uh, were skeptical of British terminology? Yes. So the three men who captured Major Andre received this medal from George Washington and the Continental Congress. It was the very first military medal given by our country, um, and it's considered the oldest military decoration. So now at the State Museum, are you displaying just the medallion and the papers? Do you have a larger context about Benedict Arnold and the turncoat that he was? What can people expect to see if they uh, venture to Albany to check this out? So they can come and see the medallion, uh, the papers, which because they're paper, are they're not out. We had them out a couple weeks ago for the, the start of New York State History Month. So they have the medallion, and then we also have links to the great chain that went across the Hudson River. Yeah, can you explain what that is? It was only recently, I think, when talking to my producer that I was even uh, made aware of the chains as kind of like a, a military defense uh, system. Yes, it's so, you know, it's so simple, but it was perfect. It was a gigantic chain. Each link is two feet in length, and it weighs between 140 and 180 pounds. And it linked one side of the Hudson River to the other, just below West Point, so ships could not sail up to West Point and and ultimately get to Albany. And so all of this is part of the new Fidelity Medallion exhibit, uh, the treason at West Point, right? Correct. So Mark, what do you hope that people take away from something like this? What what do you think is the, the larger message, if any, that the museum is trying to instill with visitors who come and check this out? Yeah, well, you know, as Jennifer talks about, it's what's what's great about museum work is that so much of history can be in, embedded in a three-inch object, right? We use that to tell these stories, you know. And actually, it's the only one that exists. The other two went missing years ago, um, and it's got this great history in American government. But it opens the door to knowing more about the Revolutionary War. You know, we're coming up in the 250th celebration of recognition right. of, of the Revolutionary War. There's a commission in New York State that's coming together. So uh, it's one of those chapters. I mean, when people hear the name Benedict Arnold, what do you think? Ex-Benedict. That's right. <laughs> I think traitor. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm still hungry. I haven't eaten yet. <laughs> this morning, right. So, uh, you know, there's an enormous story here with a couple of giant chain links. I mean, many people don't know about this chain that went across this very wide mm-hmm. part of the Hudson River. And then we have them in the collection. And that's why we collect things, as with the archives. These papers that were in Andre's boot were written by Benedict Arnold to attack West Point. And also, Andre was, um, he was executed the next day, correct? Mm-hmm. And so there's also a reproduction of a drawing he made of himself the night before he was executed. So mm-hmm. there's a tremendous stories, chapters built into these, these few objects. It's pretty iconic to, to see. And Jennifer, how did the museum actually get uh, the Fidelity medallion that that still exists? The medallion descended in the Van Wart family, and it was the prized possession of Ray Faith Van Wart Robinson, who lived in White Plains. She passed away in 2020, and her one wish was that the medallion go to a public institution that will not lose it, and we'll make it available to the public. So the State Museum fits the bill. And what I think is, you know, especially significant for us is that we can loan to museums at no charge. So all of New York State can theoretically borrow the medallion and and tell this story 
among many others. And how much time do New Yorkers or people around the area have to get to the State Museum to check this out? As I imagine, this is not going to be a permanent uh, exhibit, right? Uh, correct. It's a temporary exhibit, and it should be up until March. Yeah, through March, through the end of March. Gotcha. So, Mark, since we have you and we're talking about changes at the State Museum with this new exhibit, I'm curious how things are going with the effort to renovate about 40% of the State Museum's 100,000 square feet uh, with this big modernization that uh, we talked about back in April. What sort of update do you have yes, for us on that? That's still in development, mm -hmm. and we're, we're moving that along quite well. And this is exactly the kind of objects we're collecting at the same time we're developing exhibitions. Uh, and so we have very rich collections. So we're in a good place moving through this fall, trying to get to some final designs and moving into 24 to have solid plans to, to, to show everybody. But these are the, exactly the kind of things that, that helps tell these stories. Are you still anticipating some sort of announcement about the renovations this fall? Uh, yeah, this fall. When is fall? Early winter, you know. The, uh, December 21st is going to be your technical last day okay. of fall. So by December 21st, do you think? I would say early winter if that's the case. Gotcha. Fall is going to come quickly. There's an incredible amount of planning that has to get done and numbers and things. And we want, want when this goes out, everybody has the, the full picture. But in the meantime, we're doing special exhibits. There's a major exhibit on now called Each One Inspired, Indigenous Art uh, Across the Homelands which is actually right down the corridor from the Fidelity Medal. And it's 60 works from our collection of contemporary Native American art we've been collecting since 1996. Uh, uh, and it's just a beautifully curated major exhibit of about 60 pieces from our collections. We have hundreds of, of, of pieces from the, the, the nations across what's now New York. And so I'd encourage people to come and see that. We've been having school groups and indigenous groups and, and the public coming coming through. It's really pretty spectacular. And those kind of things would be included in the in the larger gallery plan as well. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have. I want to thank our guests, Mark Shamming, the State Museum Director, and Dr. Jennifer Lamack, the State Museum's Chief Curator of History. Mark, thanks for joining us as always. Thank you, David. And Jennifer, thanks for making your first appearance. Thank you. Support for Capital Press Room provided by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation. Communities across the Empire State have stories to tell. A roadside marker funded by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation can help your town or city educate the public, encourage pride of place, and promote local tourism. More about the Pomeroy Foundation's New York State Historic Marker Grant Program for 501c3 organizations, nonprofit academic institutions, and local state and federal government entities at wgpfoundation.org.